Section twelve of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew. Volume one. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part twelve. Of the forestalling of markets and the Billingsgate bummeries. Forestalling, writes Adam Smith is the buying or contracting for any cattle provisions or merchandise on its way to the market or at market or dissuading persons from buying their goods there or persuading them to raise the price or spreading any false rumours with intent to enhance the value of any article in the remoter periods of our history several statutes were passed prohibiting forestalling under severe penalties but as more enlarged views upon such subjects began to prevail their impolicy became obvious and they were consequently repealed in seventeen seventy two but forestalling is still punishable by fine and imprisonment though it be doubtful whether any jury would now convict an individual accused of such practices in billingsgate the forestallers or middlemen are known as bummeries who as regards means are a far superior class to the hagglers note the forestallers of the green markets end note. the bummerie is the jobber or speculator on the fish exchange perhaps on every busy morning one hundred men buy a quantity of fish which they account likely to be remunerative and retail it or dispose of it in lots to the fishmongers or costermongers few if any of these dealers however are merely bummeries a salesman if he have disposed of the fish consigned to himself will turn bummerie if any bargain tempt him or a fishmonger may purchase twice the quantity he requires for his own trade in order to procure a cheaper stock and bummerie what he does not require these speculations in fish are far more hazardous than those in fruit or vegetables for later in the day a large consignment by railway may reach billingsgate and being thrown upon the market may reduce the price one half in the vegetable and fruit markets there is but one arrival the costermongers are among the best customers of the bummeries i asked several parties as to the origin of the word bummerie and how long it had been in use why bless your soul sir said one billingsgate labourer there always was bummeries and there always will be just as jack there is a rough and i'm a blessed bobber one man assured me it was a french name another that it was dutch a fishmonger to whom i was indebted for information told me he thought that the bummerie was originally a bumboat man who purchased of the wind-bound smacks at gravesend or the nore and sent the fish up rapidly to the market by land i may add as an instance of the probable gains of the forestallers in the olden times that a tradesman whose family had been long connected with billingsgate showed me by his predecessor's books and memoranda that in the depth of winter when the thames was perhaps choked with ice and no supply of fish got up to london any that might by management reach billingsgate used to command exorbitant prices to speak only of the present century march the eleventh eighteen o two a codfish note eight pounds weight end note, 
was bought by messrs phillips and robertson fishmongers bond street for one pound eight shillings february eighteen o nine a salmon note nineteen pounds weight end note, was bought by mr phillips at a guinea a pound nineteen pounds nineteen shillings for the fish march the twenty fourth eighteen twenty four three lobsters were sold for a guinea each the haggler i may here observe is the bummery or forestaller or middleman of the green markets as far as the costermonger's trade is concerned he deals in fruit and vegetables of these traffickers there are fully two hundred in covent garden market from sixty to seventy in farringdon from forty to fifty in the borough from fifty to sixty in spitalfields and none in portman market such being the only wholesale green markets for the purposes of the costermongers the haggler is a middleman who makes his purchases of the growers when the day is somewhat advanced and the whole produce conveyed to the market has not been disposed of the grower will then rather than be detained in town sell the whole lot remaining in his cart or wagon to a haggler who resells it to the costers or to any other customer from a stand which he hires by the day the costermongers who are the most provident and either have means or club their resources for a large purchase often by early in the morning and so have the advantage of anticipating their fellows in the street trade with the day before them those who buy later are the customers of the hagglers and are street sellers whose means do not command an extensive purchase or who do not care to venture upon one unless it be very cheap these men speak very bitterly of the hagglers calling them cracked-up shopkeepers and scurfs and declaring that but for them the growers must remain and sell off their produce cheap to the costermongers a species of forestalling is now not uncommon and is on the increase among the costermongers themselves there are four men having the command of money who attend the markets and buy either fish or vegetables largely one man especially buys almost daily as much fruit and vegetables as will supply thirty street dealers he adds threepence a bushel to the wholesale market price of apples sixpence to that of pears ninepence to plums and one shilling to cherries a purchaser can thus get a smaller quantity than he can always buy at market and avails himself of the opportunity moreover a good many of the more intelligent street dealers now club together six of them for instance contributing fifteen shillings each and a quantity of fish is thus bought by one of their body note a smaller contribution suffices to buy vegetables End note. perhaps on an equal partition each man thus gets for his fifteen shillings as much as might have cost him twenty shillings had he bought single-handed this mode of purchase is also on the increase of wet fish sellers in the streets concerning the sale of wet or fresh fish i had the following account from a trustworthy man of considerable experience and superior education i've sold wet fish in the streets for more than fourteen years he said 
Before that I was a gentleman, and was brought up a gentleman, if I'm a beggar now. I bought fish largely in the north of England once, and now I must sell it in the streets of London. Never mind talking about that, sir. There's some things won't bear talking about. There's a wonderful difference in the streets since I knew them first. I could make a pound then, where I can hardly make a crown now. People had more money, and less meanness then. I consider that the railways have injured me and all wet fish sellers to a great extent. Fish now, you see, sir, comes in at all hours, so that nobody can calculate on the quantity that will be received. Nobody. That's the mischief of it. We're afraid to buy, and miss many a chance of turning a penny. In my time, since railways were in, I've seen codfish sold at a guinea in the morning that were a shilling at noon, for either the wind and the tide had served, or else the railway fishing places were more than commonly supplied, and there was a glut to London. There's no trade requires better judgment than mine, none whatever. Before the railways, and I never could see the good of them, the fish came in by the tide, and we knew how to buy, for there would be no more till next tide. Now we don't know. I go to Billingsgate to buy my fish, and I am very well known to Mr. Blank, and Mr. Blank, note, mentioning the names of some well-known salesman, end note. The Jews are my ruin there now. When I go to Billingsgate, Mr. Blank will say, or rather I will say to him, how much for this pad of soles? He will answer, fourteen shillings. Fourteen shillings, I say? I'll give you seven shillings. That's the proper amount. Then the Jew boys, none of them twenty that are there, ranged about, will begin. And one says, when I bid seven shillings, I'll give eight shillings. Nine, says another, close on my left. Ten, shouts another on my right. And so they go, offering on. At last, Mr. Blank says to one of them, as grave as a judge, yours, sir, at thirteen shillings. But it's all gammon. The thirteen shillings buyer isn't a buyer at all, and isn't required to pay a farthing, and never touches the goods. It's all done to keep up the price to poor fishmen, and so to poor buyers that are our customers in the streets. Money makes money, and it don't matter how. Those Jew boys, I dare say they're the same sort as once sold oranges about the streets, are paid, I know, a shilling for spending three or four hours that way in the cold and wet. My trade has been injured, too, by the great increase of Irish costermongers, for an Irishman will starve out an Englishman any day. Besides, if a tailor can't live by his trade, he'll take to fish, or fruit and cabbages. The month of May is a fine season for place, which is brought very largely by my customers. Place are sold at a halfpenny and a penny apiece. It is a difficult fish to manage, and in poor neighbourhoods an important one to manage well. The old hands make a profit out of it, new hands a loss. There's not much cod or other wet fish sold to the poor while place is in. My customers are poor men's wives, mechanics, I fancy. They want fish at most unreasonable prices. If I could go and pull them off a line flung off Waterloo Bridge, and no other expense, I couldn't supply them as cheap as they expect them. Very cheap fish sellers lose their customers through the Billingsgate bummeries, for they have pipes, 
and blow up the codfish most of all and puff up their bellies till they're twice the size but when it comes to table there's hardly to say any fish at all the billingsgate authorities would soon stop it if they knew all i knew they won't allow any roguery or any trick if they only come to hear of it these bummeries have caused many respectable people to avoid street buying and so fair traders like me are injured i've nothing to complain of about the police oh oft enough if i could be allowed ten minutes longer on a saturday night i could get through all my stock without loss about a quarter to twelve i begin to halloo away as hard as i can and there's plenty of customers that lay out never a farthing till that time and then they can't be served fast enough so they get their fish cheaper than i do if any hallows out that way sooner we must all do the same anything rather than keep fish over a warm sunday i have kept mine in ice i have an opportunity now but it'll keep in a cool place this time of year i think there's as many sellers as buyers in the streets and there's scores of them don't give just weights or measure i wish there was good moral rules in force and everybody gave proper weight i often talk to street dealers about it i've given them many a lecture but they say they only do what plenty of shopkeepers do and they just get fined and go on again without being a pin the worst thought of they're abusive sometimes too i mean the street sellers are because they're ignorant i have no children thank god and my wife helps me in my business take the year through i clear from ten shillings to twelve shillings every week that's not much to support two people some weeks i earn only four shillings such as in wet march weather in others i earn eighteen shillings or a pound november december and january are good months for me i wouldn't mind if they lasted all the year round i'm often very badly off indeed very badly and the misery of being hard up sir is not when you're making a struggle to get out your trouble no nor to raise a meal off herrings that you've given away once but when your wife and you's sitting by a grate without a fire and putting the candle out to save it are planning how to raise money can we borrow there can we manage to sell if we can borrow shall we get from very bad to the parish then perhaps there's a day lost and without a bite in our mouths trying to borrow let alone a little drop to give a body courage which perhaps is the only good use of spirit after all that's the pinch sir when the rain you hear outside puts you in mind of drowning subjoined is the amount in round numbers of wet fish annually disposed of in the metropolis by the street sellers salmon twenty thousand fish one hundred and seventy five thousand pounds weight live cod one hundred thousand fish one million pounds weight souls six million five hundred thousand fish one million six hundred and fifty thousand pounds weight whiting four million four hundred and forty thousand fish one million six hundred and eighty thousand pounds weight haddock two hundred and fifty thousand fish five hundred thousand pounds weight place twenty nine million four hundred thousand fish twenty nine million four hundred thousand pounds weight mackerel fifteen million seven hundred thousand fish fifteen million seven hundred thousand pounds weight herrings eight hundred and seventy five million fish two hundred and ten million pounds weight sprats 
note number of fish not stated end note three million pounds weight eels from holland four hundred thousand fish sixty five thousand pounds weight flounders two hundred and sixty thousand fish forty three thousand pounds weight dabs two hundred and seventy thousand fish forty eight thousand pounds weight total quantity of wet fish sold in the streets of london nine hundred and thirty two million three hundred and forty thousand fish two hundred and sixty three million two hundred and sixty one thousand pounds weight from the above table we perceive that the fish of which the greatest quantity is eaten by the poor is herrings of this compared with place there is upwards of thirty times the number consumed after place rank mackerel and of these the consumption is about one half less in number than place while the number of souls vended in the streets is again half of that of mackerel then come whiting which are about two-thirds the number of the souls while the consumption to the poor of haddock cod eels and salmon is comparatively insignificant of sprouts which are estimated by weight only one-fifth of the number of pounds are consumed compared with the weight of mackerel the pounds weight of herrings sold in the streets in the course of a year is upwards of seven times that of place and fourteen times that of mackerel altogether more than two hundred and sixty million pounds or one hundred and sixteen thousand tons weight of wet fish are yearly purchased in the streets of london for the consumption of the humbler classes of this aggregate amount no less than five-sixths consists of herrings which indeed constitute the great slop diet of the metropolis of sprat selling in the streets sprats one of the cheapest and most grateful luxuries of the poor are generally introduced about the ninth of november indeed lord mayor's day is sometimes called sprat day they continue in about ten weeks they are sold at billingsgate by the toss or chuck which is about half a bushel and weighs from forty pounds to fifty pounds the price varies from one shilling to five shillings sprats are this season pronounced remarkably fine look at my lot sir said a street seller to me they're a heap of new silver and the bright shiny appearance of the glittering little fish made the comparison not inappropriate in very few if in any instances does a costermonger confine himself to the sale of sprats unless his means limit him to that one branch of the business a more prosperous street fishmonger will sometimes detach the sprats from his stall and his wife or one of his children will take charge of them only a few sprat sellers are itinerant the fish being usually sold by stationary street sellers at pitches one who worked his sprats through the streets or sold them from a stall as he thought best gave me the following account he was dressed in a newish fustian jacket buttoned close up his chest but showing a portion of a clean cotton shirt at the neck with a bright coloured coarse handkerchief round it the rest of his dress was covered by a white apron his hair as far as i could see it under his cloth cap was carefully brushed and it appeared as carefully oiled at the first glance i set him down as having been a gentleman's servant 
he had a somewhat deferential though far from cringing manner with him and seemed to be about twenty-five or twenty-six he thought he was older he said but did not know his age exactly ah oh, sir he began in a tone according with his look sprats is a blessing to the poor fresh herrings is a blessing too and sprats is young herrings and is a blessing in portion note for so he pronounced what seemed to be a favourite word with him proportion End note. it's only four years yes four i'm sure of that since i walked the streets starving in the depth of winter and looked at the sprats and said i wish i could fill my belly off you sir i hope it was no great sin but i could hardly keep my hands from stealing some and eating them raw if they make me sick thought i the police will take care of me and that'll be something while these thoughts was a passing through my mind i met a man who was a gentleman's coachman i knew him a little formally and so i stopped him and told him who i was and that i hadn't had a meal for two days well by g said the coachman you look like it why i shouldn't have known you here's a shilling and then he went on a little way and then stopped and turned back and thrust threepence halfpenny more into my hand and bolted off i've never seen him since but i'm grateful to him in the same portion proportion as if i had after i'd had a penneth of bread and a penneth of cheese and half a pint of beer i felt a new man and i went to the party as i'd longed to steal the sprats from and told him what i'd thought of i can't say what made me tell him but it turned out for good i don't know much about religion though i can read a little but maybe that had something to do with it the rest of the man's narrative was briefly told as follows he was the only child of a gentleman's coachman his father had deserted his mother and him and gone abroad he believed with some family his mother however took care of him until her death which happened when he was a little turned thirteen he had heard but could not remember the year after that he was a helper and a jobber in different stables and anybody's boy for a few years until he got a footman's or rather footboy's place which he kept above a year after that he was in service in and out of different situations until the time he specified when he had been out of place for nearly five weeks and was starving his master had got in difficulties and had gone abroad so he was left without a character well sir he continued the man as i wanted to seal the sprats from says to me says he poor feller i know what a empty belly is myself come and have a pint and over that there pint he told me if i could rise ten shillings there might be a chance for me in the streets and he'd show me how to do he died not very long after that poor man well after a little bit i managed to borrow ten shillings of mr Blank. i thought of him all of a sudden he was butler in a family that i had lived in and had a charitable character though he was reckoned very proud but i plucked up a spirit and told him how i was off and he said well i'll try you and he lent me ten shillings which i paid him back little by little in six or eight weeks and so i started in the costermonger's line with the advice of my friend and i've made from five shillings to ten shillings sometimes more a week at it ever since the police don't trouble me much they is civil to me in portion proportion as i am civil to them i never mixed with the costers but when i've met them at market i stay at a lodging-house but it's very decent and clean and i have a bed to myself at one shilling a week 
for I'm a regular man. I'm on sprats now, you see, sir, and you'd wonder sometimes to see how keen people looks to them when they're new. They're a blessing to the poor, in portion, proportion, of course. Not twenty minutes before you spoke to me, there was two poor women came up. They was sickly-looking, but I don't know what they was, perhaps shirt-makers. And they says to me, says they, show us what a penny plateful is. Certainly, ladies, says I. Then they whispered together, and at last one says, says she, we'll have two platefuls. I told you there was a blessing to the poor, especially to such as them as lives all the year round on bread and tea. But it's not only the poor as buys, others in portion, proportion. When they knew they're a treat to everybody, I've sold them to poor working men who've said, I'll take a treat at home to the old woman and the kids. They dotes on sprats. Gentlemen's servants is very fond of them, and mechanics comes down, such as shoemakers in their leather aprons, and sings out, Here, old sprats, give us two penneth. They're such a relish. I sell more to men than to women, perhaps, but there's little difference. They're best stewed, sir, I think, if you're fond of sprats, with vinegar and a pig of allspice. That's my opinion, and only yesterday an old cook said I was right. I makes one and sixpence to two and sixpence a day, and sometimes rather more on my sprats, and sticks to them as much as I can. I sell about my toss a day, seldom less. Of course I can make as many penneths of it as I please, but there's no custom without one gives middling penneths. If a toss costs me three shillings, I may make sixty penneths of it sometimes, sometimes seventy or more, and sometimes less than sixty. There's many turns over as much as me, and more than that. I'm thinking that I'll work the country with a lot. They'll keep to a second day when they're fresh to start, especially if it's frosty weather, too. And then they're better than ever. Yes, and a greater treat, scalding hot from the fire. They're the cheapest and best of all suppers in the winter time. I hardly know which way I'll go. If I can get anything to do among horses in the country, I'll never come back. I've no tie to London. To show how small a sum of money will enable the struggling, striving poor to obtain a living, I may here mention that, in the course of my inquiries among the mudlarks, I casually gave a poor, shoeless urchin, who was spoken of by one of the city missionaries as being a well-disposed youth, one shilling out of the funds that had been entrusted to me to dispense. Trifling as the amount appears, it was the means of keeping his mother, sister, and himself through the winter. It was invested in sprats, and turned over and over again. I am informed by the best authorities that near upon one thousand tosses of sprats are sold daily in London streets while the season lasts. These, sold retail in penneths, at very nearly five shillings the toss, give about one hundred and fifty pounds a day, or say a thousand pounds a week, spent on sprats by the poorer classes of the metropolis, so that, calculating the sprat season to last ten weeks, about ten thousand pounds would be taken by the costermongers during that time from the sale of this fish alone. Another return, furnished me by an eminent salesman at Billingsgate, estimates the gross quantity of sprats sold by the London costers in the course of the season at three millions of pounds weight and this, disposed of, at the rate of one penny per pound, gives upwards of twelve thousand pounds for the sum of money spent upon this one kind of fish. 
of shellfish sellers in the streets i had the following account from an experienced man he lived with his mother his wife and four children in one of the streets near gray's inn lane the street was inhabited altogether by people of his class the women looking sharply out when a stranger visited the place on my first visit to this man's room his wife who is near her confinement was at dinner with her children the time was a quarter to twelve the meal was tea and bread with butter very thinly spread over it on the wife's bread was a small piece of pickled pork covering about one-eighth of the slice of a quartern loaf cut through in one corner of the room which is on the ground floor was a scantily covered bed a few dingy-looking rags were hanging up to dry in the middle of the room which was littered with baskets and boxes mixed up with old furniture so that it was a difficulty to stir the room note although the paper covering the broken panes in the window was torn and full of holes end note, was most oppressively close and hot and there was a fetid smell difficult to sustain though it was less noticeable on a subsequent call i have often had occasion to remark that the poor especially those who are much subjected to cold in the open air will sacrifice much for heat the adjoining room which had no door seemed littered like the one where the family were the walls of the room i was in were discoloured and weather-stained the only attempt at ornament was over the mantel-shelf the wall here being papered with red and other gay-coloured papers that once had been upholsterers patterns on my second visit the husband was at dinner with the family on good boiled beef and potatoes he was a small-featured man with a head of very curly and long black hair and both in mien manners and dress resembled the mechanic far more than the costermonger he said i've been twenty years and more perhaps twenty-four selling shellfish in the streets i was a boot-closer when i was young and have made my twenty shillings and thirty shillings and sometimes forty shillings and then sometimes not ten shillings a week but i had an attack of rheumatic fever and lost the use of my hands for my trade the streets hadn't any great name as far as i knew then but as i couldn't work it was just a choice between street selling and starving so i didn't prefer the last it was reckoned degrading to go into the streets but i couldn't help that i was astonished at my success when i first began and got into the business that is into the understanding of it after a week or two or three why i made three pounds the first week i knew my trade properly yes i cleared three pounds i made not long after five pounds a week but not often i was giddy and extravagant indeed i was a fool and spent my money like a fool i could have brought up a family then like a gentleman i sent them to school as it is but i hadn't a wife and family then or it might have been better it's a great check on a man as a family i began with shellfish and sell it still very seldom anything else there's more demand for shells no doubt because it's far cheaper but then there's so many more sellers i don't know why exactly i suppose it's because poor people go into the streets when they can't live other ways and some do it because they think it's an idle life but it ain't when i took thirty-five shillings in a day at my store and well on to half of it profit i now take five shillings or six shillings or perhaps seven shillings in the day and less profit on that less money i don't clear three shillings a day now take the year through i don't keep accounts but i'm certain enough that i average about fifteen shillings a week the year through and my wife has to help me to make that 
She'll mind the stool while I take her round sometimes. I sell all kinds of shellfish, but my great dependence is on winkles. I don't do much in lobsters. Very few speculate in them. The price varies very greatly. What's ten shillings a score one day? Maybe twenty-five shillings the next. I sometimes get a score for five shillings or six shillings, but it's a poor trade, for sixpence is the top of the tree with me for a price to a seller. I never get more. I sell them to mechanics and tradesmen. I do more in pound crabs. There's a great call for hapeths and penneths of lobster or crab by children. That's their claws. I bile them all myself, and buy them alive. I can bile twenty in half an hour, and do it over a grate in a backyard. Lobsters don't fight or struggle much in the hot water if they're properly packed. It's very few that knows how to bile a lobster as he should be biled. I wish I knew any way of killing lobsters before biling them. I can't kill them without smashing them to bits, and that won't do at all. I kill my crabs before I bile them. I stick them in the throat with a knife, and they're dead in an instant. Some sticks them with a skewer, but they kick a good while with the skewer in them. It's a shame to torture anything when it can be helped. If I didn't kill the crabs, they'd shed every leg in the hot water. They'd come out as bare of claws as this plate. I've known it oft enough as it is. Though I kill them uncommon quick, a crab will be quicker and shed every leg. Throw them off in the moment I kill them. But that doesn't happen once in fifty times. Oysters are capital this season. I mean, as to quality. But they're not a good sale. I made three pounds a week in oysters, not reckoning anything else, eighteen or twenty years back. It was easy to make money then like putting down one sovereign and taking two up. I sold oysters then, oft enough, at a penny apiece. Now I sell far finer at three a penny and five for tuppence. People can't spend money in shellfish when they haven't got any. They say that fortune knocks once at every man's door. I wish I'd opened my door when he knocked at it. This man's wife told me afterwards that last winter, after an attack of rheumatism, all their stock money was exhausted and her husband sat day by day at home almost out of his mind for nothing could tempt him to apply to the parish and he would never have mentioned his sufferings to me she said he had too much pride the loan of a few shillings from a poor costermonger enabled the man to go to market again or he and his family would now have been in the union as to the quantity of shellfish sold in the streets of london the returns before cited give the following results oysters one hundred and twenty four million lobsters sixty thousand crabs fifty thousand shrimps seven hundred and seventy thousand pints whelks four million nine hundred and fifty thousand mussels one million quarts cockles seven hundred and fifty thousand quarts periwinkles three million six hundred and forty thousand pints of shrimp selling in the streets shrimp selling as i have stated is one of the trades to which the street dealer often confines himself throughout the year the sale is about equally divided between the two sexes but the men do the most business walking some of them fifteen to twenty miles a day in a round of ten miles there and ten back the shrimps vended in the streets are the yarmouth prawn shrimps sold at billingsgate at from sixpence to tenpence a gallon while the best shrimps chiefly from lee in essex vary in price from tenpence to two shillings and sixpence a gallon two shillings being a common price the shrimps are usually mixed by the street dealers and they are cried from stalls or on rounds 
penny a half pint fine fresh shrimps note i heard them called nothing but shrimps by the street dealers End note. the half pint however is in reality but half that quantity it's the same measure as it was thirty years back i was told in a tone as if its antiquity removed all imputations of unfair dealing some young men do well on shrimps sometimes taking five shillings in an hour on a saturday evening when people get their money and wants a relish the females in the shrimp line are the wives widows or daughters of costermongers they are computed to average one shilling and sixpence a day profit in fine and from ninepence to one shilling in bad weather and in snowy or very severe weather sometimes nothing at all one shrimp seller a middle-aged woman wrapped up in a hybrid sort of cloak that was half a man's and half a woman's garment gave me the following account there was little vulgarity in either her language or manner i was in the shrimp trade since i was a girl i don't know how long i don't know how old i am i never knew but i've two children one six and t'others are near eight both girls i've kept count of that as well as i can my husband sells fish in the street so did father but he's dead we buried him without the help of the parish as many gets that's something to say i've known the trade every way it never was any good in public houses they want such great haypaths there they'll put up with what isn't very fresh to be sure sometimes and good enough for them too i say as spoils their taste with drink note this was said very bitterly End note. if it wasn't for my husband's drinking for a day together now and then we'd do better he's neither to have not a hold when he's the worst for liquor and it's the worst with him for he's a quiet man when he's his own man perhaps i make ninepence a day perhaps a shilling or more sometimes my husband takes my stand and i go around sometimes if he gets through his fish he goes my round i give good measure and my pint's the regular shrimp pint note it was the half pint i have described End note. the trade's not as good as it was people hasn't the money they tells me so it's bread before shrimps says they i've heard them say it very cross if i've wanted hard to sell some days i can sell nothing my children stays with my sister when me and my old man's out they don't go to school but jane the sister learns them to sew she makes drawers for the slop sellers but has very little work and gets very little for the little she does she would learn them to read if she knew how she's married to a pavia that's away all day it's a hard life mine sir the winters are coming and i'm sometimes numbed with sitting at my stall in the cold my feet feels like lumps of ice in the winter and they're beginning now as if they weren't my own standing's far harder work than going around i sell the best shrimps my customers is judges if i've any shrimps over on a night as i often have one or two nights a week i sells them for half price to an irish woman and she takes them to the beer shops and the coffee shops she washes them to look fresh i don't mind telling that because people should buy of regular people it's very few people know how to pick a shrimp properly you should take it by the head and the tail and jam them up and then the shell separates and the shrimp comes out beautifully that's the proper way sometimes the sale on the rounds may be the same as that at the stalls or ten or twenty per cent more or less according to the weather as shrimps can be sold by the itinerant dealers 
better than by the stall-keepers, in wet weather when people prefer buying at their doors. But in hot weather the stall-trade is the best, for people often fancy that the shrimps is sent out to sell cause they'll not keep no longer. It's only among customers as knows you you can do any good on a round then. The costermongers sell annually, it appears, about 770,000 pints of shrimps. At tuppence a pint, a very low calculation, the street sale of shrimps amount to upwards of 6,400 pounds yearly. End of section 12